I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door, the podcast that loved your mother's um, cakes. Donuts, some baked goods, doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm your host, Spencer Seams, and today I have two wonderful guests to discuss this very action-packed credits minute with a lot of action in it. And the first guest is Antu from Parts Unknown. (laughs) Say hello. Uh, Hey, internet. (laughs) And Corn from the USA. Hello. This is Minute uh, 86, so if you don't know what the podcast is about and you're listening to this, what are you doing with your life? I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell you, because you know <laughs> by now. So, this is a credits minute, so we're uh, just going through a montage of names and music, so let's just start at the top. Yeah, no, this is, this minute, like, I mean, I've done other credits minutes, but this one is, mm-hmm. is we at least get the sort of, like, interesting background stuff, but mm-hmm. I can't decide the degree to which the credits in this minute actually fit the feel of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like the credits make it like I have a theory that this is trying to be a horror movie half the time and the credits just, credits just make it seem like it's like a, a slasher horror movie. It's supposed to be like, hey, this is creepy and now we'll let's let's show you the domestic setting in which the film took place and I think it I think it mostly succeeds in being like a horror film. I guess it's a horror in the sense of if you have sex with someone once, then they'll go crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't actually find, like, the only scenes that I actually find horrifying in this movie are, like, the scenes where Ryan Guzman are super, is super rapey. That's actually horrifying mm. to me. Like, yes, great. C- congrats, Ryan Guzman. As an actor, you play rapey quite well, and that freaks me out. But other than that, I'm just kind of like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be scared of this. Oh, I know. I was saying, like, it's just a... It's a shorthand for if you're morally corrupt, then you get what you deserve. Uh, my my theory is that the, the main thesis of the movie is if you care about literature, then that that makes you crazy. So don't care about literature. Yeah, do not so care about the classics. <laughs> Just... So you're saying it's an anti-nerd movie? <laughs> no, not. Uh, I think it's an anti. I think it's an anti-Greek movie. Ah, uh, so. The first name that pops up in the credits in this minute is Zach Unterman, which is the only goofy name, so we don't have much to make fun of. Yeah, all other names are really normal and boring. Like, there are no good goofy names in this one. <laughs> yeah, there weren't really... There's not too many goofily named people on this movie. We do we do get the credits for, like, the main cast, so there you go. Yeah, yeah we get to the, the prime cut minute of the... Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. <laughs> oh, side note. Ryan Guzman was born in the same town I was. There you go. Abilene, Texas. <laughs> okay. Wait, so were you guys peers? Uh, No, we. I moved out of there when I was one, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> and he would have been like, 
I don't know, four or five at the time. So I don't think he'd be hanging out with a one-year-old. He was probably too cool even then to be hanging out with one-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was already like studying up on how to play a sociopath at age five. Yeah, he was studying up to how to be in the Jim and Holograms movie. Remember he has in that? The no, German I did not remember. Movie? Jim and the Holograms, the movie that oh, came Gem out the for yeah, one yeah, week yeah. in the theaters, Rip and it. then they took it out. Oh, Jim and the Holograms. But they decided that it was a horrible, horrible idea. Instead of it being about, like, the cartoon, it's like, hey, let's uh, have a, a, good, a generic movie about a band trying to make it. So Ian Nelson has been in... Uh, I talked about this a little bit, um, what should I call it? the uh in one of my other minutes but ian nelson apparently played basically the same character as kevin in one of the hunger games movies which one uh the first one he's like an unnamed tribute like he gets like he gets killed without ever having a name Um. (laughs) yeah that's the only one i saw and i don't remember seeing him at all yeah i think there's a reason for that Well, his movie dad was John Corbett, so they really did great casting with Milk Toast. John Corbett is the quintessential white guy in a sense. <laughs> like he's he's the object of desire in the My Greek Wedding movies, and so <laughs> yeah. like that that film's about being a Greek person marrying into a really a white family. Or, oh like, my god! Yeah, yeah Chalo and Christian Chenoweth are kind of really settling for this movie. What do you mean? I don't like. I, I just feel like they could do better than this movie. Like Ryan Guzman, I could probably do better than this movie, but is having so much fun. Like, and he's the only one who's really having fun and just like being bonkers off the wall. That I don't feel so bad for him. Mm. But like, like, like everybody's trying so hard in this movie, and they're given so little to work with. And I would rather like Christian Chenoweth and J Lo be given much more to work with i would have really enjoyed the scenario where like j-lo and Kristen chenoweth had recorded each a song for the soundtrack and maybe a duet <laughs> or like we've been talking about in other minutes how it would have been amazing if there had been instead of the date being at like a chinese restaurant if it were a karaoke date i imagine j-lo would say something like karaoke's for common people i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah her character this. but i feel like chenoweth would be all over karaoke but like in real life cheno is the highbrow theater musical theater star and oh yeah of course yeah, but she also seems like the more fun one between the two well in real life yeah in real life yeah I'll, so. I'll give you that uh, is there anything that you never got to talk about in other minutes that you want to bring up now uh i think everyone gives like uh e nelson a bad rap in this movie for being such a wiener as kevin i don't agree with you i think he's the worst part as an actor or or the character is the worst the part. character is so goddamn annoying oh i think the character is annoying i think he like i will say like he's well cast in the role like he like the character is not a fun character but like he's definitely trying like he's like like i'm gonna have my asthma attack slash allergy attack slash boxing issue like with all my like he is trying wait how do we feel about the screenwriter being she's a former fbi agent or worked at quantico uh fbi that that actually worries me a lot and it's written by a woman which kind of makes me not uncomfortable it kind of makes me question if she realized how rapey it was i'm sure she did like it's, i think it's still it's supposed to be rapey like i think mm. like i think that's part of the the like in no way is it like apologizing for him being like it's not pretending like 
like, I mean, there's sort of like the structural aspects that are like, mm-hmm. oh, well, she totally deserved it. But the actual scenes themselves are very, like, are very much like, no, like, he's an asshole who's forcing himself on her. Like, and he's clearly an asshole. And we all know that he's an asshole. I mean, compared to, like, the generic Hollywood movie, it's it's kind of better. But still, like, we deserve better as a whole. Yes, yes, we do. I think there are, like, certain choices that the film makes that makes it a bit more, like, quote-unquote progressive in terms of, like, mainstream Hollywood. There's, like, a lot of people of color in it. There's, it's not... The only two white people really are... Well, oh, actually, there's Chenoweth, the uncle, uh, John Cor- Corbett, and Kevin, and the hardware store. But there's the cop... Uh, the principal, and obviously uh, the two leads, Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Guzman. Like, that's pretty diverse. It could have been a lot more whitewashed and stuff. Well, I like that the two leads are are Hispanic, but they never really make a big deal about it. They just happen to both be Hispanic, yeah. which is a... Which is probably the best thing about the movie. Although it is a little bit like it's it's that weird sort of balance that you have to strike between like okay we don't want this to be like like oh you're the token Hispanic person or oh like if you're Hispanic then you have to be a Hispanic stereotype but you also don't want it to be like if you didn't know like that J Lo and Ryan Guzman were Hispanic you would like going into it like there's they are the most whitewashed (laughs) yeah there's a bit of like the race blindness and stuff there's a famous part in the beginning with the whole first edition that people really kind of blew out proportion i love that the screenwriter went out of their way to be like that wasn't me i know that it wasn't a first edition iliad that was somebody who edited my (laughs) script (laughs) i'm not as dumb as as this movie thinks (laughs) is making me look (laughs) when i first time i saw that part like my reaction was thinking Oh, it's the first edition of like this printing. Exactly, I didn't, or that translation. I didn't, I didn't assume it would be like a stone tablet. Like that joke is kind of like saying, "Oh, Keanu Reeves is a bad actor." It's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard a thousand times. Can you? Just, uh... It just would have been so easy to to not set yourself up for it. Like it's lazy to <laughs> it's lazy screenwriting, and I yeah. think that's yeah. why people like harp on the joke. I feel like Rob Cohen is more concerned about the. I don't know. It's Rob Cohen. He makes stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> he made stealth, so... I, I think that... the notion of him is concerned about this movie beyond, like, engines falling on people and, and EpiPens stabbed into eyes is is maybe where you're going wrong there. <laughs> There's a part of me that, like, kind of admires, like, that this mistake, quote-unquote, is, like, a part of, like, them trying to, like, stay on budget and keep keep this like a like keep the production moving i i don't care a first edition (laughs) i don't care if a first edition isn't a thing just keep going keep going it's already in the can let's go apparently one of the songs in this in this uh so what the other credit minute i have is the music credits and one of the the song that's playing in the chinese restaurant is from dragon Mm -hmm. the bruce lee story oh interesting Like, that's how much they're staying on budget here, because that's, it's like, it's something that, that Rob Cohen, like, you can tell, like, oh, you got that for free. You didn't have to pay for the rights <laughs> for it. Hey, uh, hey, I believe he wrote that song, and, uh, he did. like, yeah, he and, did? yeah, he's, let him get some royalties off his own movie, all right, people. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it works well as like a genre exercise. Like it's a thriller. Like it, you know, like you keep calling it a lifetime movie, uh, which I I, I mean a has... lot of lifetime movies are thrillers, right? Mm. Like or at least want to be. Wait, so lifetime? Like how often do they make movies? Is there like a movie of the week sort of deal, or oh, they have yeah. a whole channel yeah, for all their movies? Exactly. Like they they like it's about movie of the week sort of thing and. It's and it's cool. always it's like, so oh, bad. my teen daughter's dating a bad boy, or like, uh, divorce, divorce, white, a divorce woman, you know, finds a man, but he might, but he's abusive. Oh, he's a fraud. Oh, he's a con man. Or my son's jerking off too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever been a lifetime movie. <laughs> um, it's like cyber seduction, something. <laughs> yeah, that's we right. We movies did it. Do you think the uh, Barbara Curry, the screenwriter, is a fan of Lifetime movies, and so she intentionally did this, or do you think I'm putting too much, giving her too much credit? I think she wanted to be better than the Lifetime movies, and I will give her absolutely the credit of she's trying to do something interesting. It's just like it's yeah. not successful. And points that she's a, it's a female screenwriter. I kind of think that she, as like a former person that worked with the FBI, was trying to write a classy, semi-realistic. <laughs> Thriller yeah, involving a female protagonist and in the vein of maybe a Patricia Cornwell style, like mm -hmm. the protagonist is a pseudo detective and solving a mystery and she's a lady, but uh, maybe oh. Hollywood screwed that all up and introduced like, yeah, Alex. I would love to see the early drafts of the script for this. Like I want, like, I want to know how much is the original script versus how much is mm -hmm. budget constraints and people putting in stupid shit. If you could recast it with uh, 90s celebrities, oh, God. who would you uh, use? I have no idea. I'm like, <laughs> 90s people? Uh, I, I'm legitimately thinking. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, if we did cast it in the 90s, I, for some reason I'd think it would be less violent and like, kind of like, less dark even so yeah I, I was thinking Trey prince jr could be the boy yeah i can see that uh matthew lillard can be the annoying son because all he <laughs> nah. fucking does is play annoying <laughs> no lillard couldn't play kevin lillard can't play vulnerable damn it <laughs> <laughs> he can play annoying and kevin's really annoying jgl just Gordon Levitt could be the kid. Oh yeah, yes, he totally definitely. Could. Except that he's actually like a fun actor to watch. Oh, true. He he he's too good for it. Yeah. Oh, right, like this is third rock era. Jonathan God Taylor damn Thomas. It. <laughs> oh yeah, JTT. I, I, yeah. I would I would I would buy that. <laughs> no, JTT would be the boy. Damn it, because he was like a hot property in the nineties. He wouldn't be. Yeah, like, but he yeah, was like but he ten. Was, like, ten, exactly. Like he was so young. <laughs> Later, era JTT, but potentially. no, but he got not hot. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know how you felt about JTT in the later era of Malone. I don't know who would be the who would be the lady. I do not know. Like who, like who was like a milfy actress of the time? Sorry if you hate that word or acronym. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I'm horrible at the game of like let's cast people <laughs> from other things in in this thing. Like, would Jean Sarandon be a good one? But she's I think you need... really good. Yeah, I think you need younger and trashier. Yeah, I, I figured even a pre-Desperate Housewives, Terry Hatcher. Maybe. I can see that. Oh, yeah. So, I said this before, but I mean, this time, this be a, the last uh, last question. Do you actually like the movie? I don't hate the movie. I don't like it. 
Like I would like it's the sort of thing that I would watch if it were on and I was homesick. Uh, I I think it's really watchable and kind of succeeds at what it's kind of intending to do, as in like be an on budget thriller slash scary movie. Uh, I don't think it has any real like I I, I don't think it doesn't fail. I think it really succeeds at what what it does because it's not really aiming high. So I like it because it moves very quickly. It's really, really stupid. It would bother me a lot more if it wasn't so fast-paced. Yeah, it feels like a, like a, like a, like a hour-long drama, mm-hmm. and it's a really stupid, like this cheesy movie. And I kind of like it for that. And someone gets stabbed in the eye, and I like the the sun violence at the end. That comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it is bizarre. I I would recommend it to people because it's just it's a fun, stupid film like you can just watch it with your buddies and drink a lot and drink a beer and be like have a good time you know mm-hmm. all right uh any plugs um uh, i'm occasionally on the internet as a person who talks about things um you can follow me uh at sweat tears c on twitter and instagram but yeah mm-hmm. i don't i'm not as active as as some of our fellow hosts uh, on to. I just want to plug uh, the fact that I'm 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 doing stand up next week on Monday in Melbourne. Uh, Yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, this will air after that. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I just want to let the listeners know that you missed out. All right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I write for Rhymes with Nerdy. It's a great pop culture nerd culture site. Mm-hmm. I write about history stuff. I have a column called "This Seems Interesting," where I talk about cool stuff from history that people ignore and uh all right for cinema knife fight where i view old tv shows like the twilight <laughs> zone i guess we just say bye all right bye-bye all right see ya thanks for listening thanks for listening to a talking cast presents the cast next door i was your host spencer seems like us on face follow us on twitter at first ed iliads all one word or download new episodes from the cast next door dot wordpress.com or subscribe on itunes or stitcher artwork by josh hollis edited by dan husted produced by dan husted he's our producer spencer seems the boy next door is owned by bloomhouse smart entertainment nurican and universal studios no transfer is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?